The festive season is here, and I can't think of a better time to be enjoying delicious cocktails with your nearest and dearest. So this Christmas, why not celebrate the Italian way with Malfi Gin and be transported to the stylish Amalfi Coast to experience a taste of La Dolce Vita, a lifestyle that is so rain. It's all about bringing your community together to enjoy the simple pleasures in life, like a great DMC around the table with your favorite people, gorgeous food and drinks, and feeling your most stylish self. So get ready for your festive hosting and head to MalfiGin.com to find your flavor along with plenty of dreamy cocktail recipes. There's no better way to enjoy a slice of Italy this Christmas. Cheers to that and enjoy Malfi responsibly. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. I am literally beside myself that today we are joined by my OG idol, Billy Piper. Billy burst into our lives 25 years ago as a 15-year-old pop star, becoming the youngest person ever to go straight to number one with the bop because we want to. She went on to make the first album I ever bought and land two more number one singles. Billy then turned to acting with Doctor Who and The Secret Diary of a Cool Girl. And she continued to set records by winning all six of the possible Best Stage Actress Awards, including an Olivier Award for her stage debut in Yama. Now Billy is back with the second season of BAFTA-nominated TV show, I Hate Susie, which follows the former child star Susie Pickles as her life implodes when private images of her leak online. Today, Billy joins us to talk about everything from being a horny dancer, tis the season after all, to teenage stardom and finding a new level of confidence turning 40. But he has some great words on balance and pressure. So I hope you love this chat just as much as me. Now crowns at the ready, let's rain. How are we? We, how are we? Um, yeah, all right. I'm I'm good now. The show's coming out. I'm really excited for people to see it at this time of year. It feels like I, it's just sort of a relief to finally mm-hmm. be here and to be doing it in conjunction with Christmas. I mean, a Christmas special. <laughs> Didn't see I Hate Susie Christmas special coming, but my favourite thing about that is so many favourite things about it. Yeah. But one of the peak moments for me is the dance routines. I know. Like... Susie on a talent show, dancing. How did it feel to go back and do like the pop star choreography again? Oh my God, it feels so good. Did it feel good? It feels so good. It's all I really want to do. And I realized that when I was doing it, I was just like, you know how when you watch Strictly and you're like, you know, the people are just going, it's the best moment of my life. I've never been happier. It's just the best thing that's ever happened to me. And you're like, that's really far-fetched. Like, why? <laughs> and then you dance yeah. and then you know why. Because it's so mood-altering. Like, to be able to do it positively, so to be able to do this show, which is really quite harrowing in terms mm. of its, like, themes. It's, like, so dark. But to have the tonic of dance is just, like, this is, like, the dream 
creative marriage mm. it's so good it's so it was so brilliant and I did it with my old choreographer Paul Roberts who was my choreographer when I was 14 and no way yeah 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 he was um he was I spent so much of my life with this man I was in love with him and I didn't realize he was gay and it, <laughs> and it was desperately sad when I found <laughs> that's, out that's some true. real heartbreak right there isn't it it's a genuine heartbreak that is your first, you know, your, your first realization that there's just no way in there, mm. and um, and I still fancy him now. <laughs> Did he also do the day and night dance routine? Because that one was really impressive, babe. He didn't do that, but we do do a, a little nod to because we want to mm -hmm. in the final uh, final episode. And were you bringing those moves to the Christmas parties this season? Sure. <laughs> Sure. What is the kind of move that you're going to be recreating on that dance floor? Oh, God, I just get so... I'm like such a horny dancer, you know? <laughs> Not when my kids are around, because it's just like... I'm now that cringe person to mm. them. I am so cringe. But yeah. when I'm out with my friends, it's just full horn. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Didn't really see us going there, but I'm so here for it because I'm very similar sort of. I'm very much the slut dropper. At the I'm party. a massive slut dropper. Yeah, I just love it. Can we say slut dropper? Yeah. Yeah, we can because yeah. we're you know Slu using it to <laughs> and fine with us. it. Because we're fine with it. We're absolutely fine with it. Because we're sluts. Mm. And, we're good and I mean, that. I hate Susie is all about breaking down so many. No, <laughs> it's all about sluts, and yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. It's <laughs> it's about this woman who's been slut shamed and is rebuilding her life because yeah. of it. So that was actually a, a stunning segue. segue. <laughs> Babes, king of a segue. Really here for it. But it's kind of like a love letter to not having your shit together, really, isn't it? That's what That's I love nice. about the show. That's a nice way of looking at it. Well, it makes me feel a lot better about not having my well, shit together. Well, fucking great, because that's, I mean... That's when you think, when people sort of say, what do you want people to take away from this? It's like a sense of relief. Mm. I mean, which is hard to say because the show is not a relaxing thing to watch at all. If anything, it's like, you know, horribly demanding. But if you can connect with it and feel somehow less alone, I mean, that's just the whole point, isn't it? Of creating anything. Mm, 100%. And it is kind of about her kind of taking control of her own narrative. Yeah, this again, time, this series. After hitting rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great to see. Yeah, and this she's got show, some, like, agency this year. Yeah, she's got her agency. Mm. She's directing her own narrative. Mm. When do you feel like you took control of your own narrative? Literally <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like, maybe... Yeah, maybe, like... No, maybe seven years ago. Mm. It takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of, um, if you haven't grown up in this time mm. where you've been conditioned a certain way, um, it, it certainly took, it, it, maybe it took me longer than others, um, but it, it, yeah, it's, it took me a while to get to a point where, and maybe that's just age as well. I was 40 this year, so um, maybe I'm, maybe these sort of strengths and the convictions and um, the desire to speak honestly about who you are and how you feel is something that happened quite late for me, but it's here now. It's here. <laughs> how good does it feel to be able to sit here and say that? Uh, it feels really good and it feels really good now, but it's the quieter moments in the middle of the night where they f it feels most powerful, I guess. Mm. You know, when you're sort of on your own and you're reflecting. Um, 
yeah, at times like this, it's all just, you know, it's, it's just moment to moment, unending, you know, adrenaline. But in those smaller moments, that's when you go, oh, yeah, I'm really glad that my life turned. Mm. And how great does it feel to be able to create a show like this that you can put out into the world in a kind of entertainment industry that has changed so much even mm. in those seven years that you were saying because mm. you really have taken agency over your own narrative with the projects you are doing right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It feels feels so good and it, but as you say it sort of it feels like a timing thing because there there is you know like I can't remember how long ago we did Secret Diary but Secret Diary of a Cool Girl it had this sort of origins of Here's a here's a story of um, an escort that you're not used to seeing, mm. and ultimately it never it, it was it was never as full bodied as we'd hoped, um, and it became something quite different, something quite you know glamorous and sort of silly but funny. Um, but for us, it didn't really work because of that. Actually, the origins of that story were really really interesting, but at the time no one wanted that like mm. it was it was shut down really quickly that show critically anyway mm. um so it's always sort of been there but now that the times have somewhat changed it's it gives you sort of full reign it's a great it's a great time to be alive in terms of creating content mm. how does it feel when you think back to that and the way that we change the way we talk about women in the public eye, yeah. and especially in terms of representation of women on screen, which yeah. is what this show does so well. It's yeah. like the messiness, it's the ugly bits, it's everything in between. Yeah. What still frustrates you about the conversations we're still having to have about the representation of women on screen? I suppose uh, I sort of feel that there seems to be this sort of exhaustion around um, messy women. Mm. like. Yeah, yeah, we've got the messy girl stories now. Like, let's do something else. And, you know, to some extent, you know, there is, it's always good to move on and move beyond, you know, women, you know, women hurt, but we're also this. Um, but it's just sort of, it's still a bit um, draconian and it's still a bit um, frustrating. Um, I don't know. I feel like this, I feel like there is, there is, fairly solid representation now. Mm. I would like to see a lot more of it in film. I see a lot of it in TV and it's always been there in theatre. But I would like to see it coming through in film. But then I'd like to see a lot more films. I'd like to see a lot more good films. Mm. You know, like the 90s films. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if I'm just harping back because I'm old now, but I, I, I just, I cannot watch any more of this superhero shit. I'm just desperate for a classic movie. I just want some like solid 90s Tom Hanks shit, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Cameron Diaz, bring her back. Yeah. Get like, those rom-coms going. Just anything, anything like a solid stories. Mm. Well, this is a very solid story. Thanks. And I feel like <laughs> I take a lot away from it. And the themes are so, whenever I watch I hate Susie, and I rewatched the first series in prep mm. to do this. And I was thinking, there's so many, it's so rich in so many elements of the storylines. Like it tackles loneliness, it tackles mental health, it tackles mm. anxiety, and I think the way that you bring anxiety to the screen is so powerful, and it's very real. How much of a release has that been for you to kind of explore anxiety and mental health in that way? I can never work out whether it's a, um, a release or a relief, or whether it's like 
stuff like whether I'm making it worse mm. from playing it. Um, because at the end of every, well, the last two times we've shot I Hate Susie, I always feel pretty rattled by the process. And I think actually if I look into that a bit more, it's because um, it's because I've like deliberately ramped myself up all day long f for this role mm. that in a sort of a process way that I'm, a procedural way that I'm not even aware I'm doing. Um, so I guess the 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 relief is when you see other people connecting with it mm. but the making of it is um is is anxiety mm -hmm. how do you look after yourself in those periods when i you're don't putting yourself through I it i don't like the truth is i don't look after myself i'm not thinking about my self-care during mm. filming hours because otherwise i wouldn't film because it's not um it's not uh conducive to healthy life Oh, it's certainly not in the if you're in every scene there's just no way it's like 14 hour days mm. and if you've got a family it's just like forget it mm. and I really don't want to sell people this story and push this messaging that in some way I have this like you know snappy little version of life and and work and I've got that down because I really don't have that down mm. I don't it's like it all slightly falls apart do we, does any of us have it down though? <laughs> That's the key I question. I don't know. I don't, I, no. But I mean that person. I need to meet them. I need their tips. I know, but the world suggests mm. that you're, you ought to have all of those things down. And certainly as women that you can do all of those things and just be fucking right back to it. And the reality is it's just, it's just not that way. I mm. see so much fallout from that unhelpful sort of toxic messaging, but... But look, I'm still filming, so still doing it's it. It's my own fault. Yeah, I'm still there. Like <laughs> more, more. I need to do it. I need to do it. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. But one of the other topics, which comes off quite nicely over what you were just saying, is this idea of likability, and mm. the idea of being likable is really brought up quite a lot in this show. Yeah. And I think we all struggle with that on so many different yeah, levels. Yeah. What has your own relationship been with the idea of likability? in your career? Uh, I think I'm more aware of it since I've been creating um, material because I've I've met um, people, producers, investors, so to say the characters aren't likable. So that's really the first time that I'm like up against it in terms of um, creating characters. Um, in the past, I've always sort of played likable characters because I guess the writers had to meet mm. that um, that mark too. Um, and in terms of me as a person in the public eye, I've on some level always experienced that, that although um, I would argue that it's worse now because of social media. Um, but that stuff, I... I, I, I I don't really give a shit about anymore. But that's, that again, that's quite new. Mm. How much of a release is that, to be able to let go of that? And that backpack of like, yeah, trying to be it's, like it's, that? It's really, it's really, really good, but it comes with age and it comes with discipline. It mm. means like not Googling yourself. It means like not constantly being on Instagram. It means um, not reading everything everybody writes about you, you know there there is there is there is um, there is practice in place to sort of support that because if I didn't do those things I wouldn't be saying this mm. 
you know, you have to be disciplined around that stuff. Mm. And sometimes it's hard because you just want to check out what people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> I need the curiosity. <laughs> Always. Sure. I am so excited that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by my favourite tipple for the festive season, Malfi Gin. A gin from Italy inspired by the glamour of the Amalfi Coast. I love the festive season because it's the perfect opportunity to dress up. And this Christmas, Malfi Gin has partnered with By Rotation, the UK's largest fashion rental platform. They've curated an edit of the most stylish party wear for you to channel La Dolce Vita so you can look as stunningly gorgeous as Malfi Gin tastes. Just use the code Malfi on the La Dolce Vita edit and receive 15% off your rental on the Buy Rotation app right now. Merry Christmas and enjoy Malfi responsibly. This podcast is all about finding your power. Yeah. And you feel to me like you're the most in your power you've been. Really? Do you feel like you're at that stage in your life where you feel like you're the most in your power? Mm. <laughs> in some aspects of my yeah. life. I do creatively, um, but that's probably because you can control more mm. of your work. But in life, I feel like I'm just fresh out the womb sometimes. You know, I'm still working a lot of, um, working through a lot of my own like personal stuff. And in that sense, I don't always feel powerful. I feel possibly more present sometimes. I feel, um, I've worked a great deal on boundaries. Oh, which comes up a lot in this. Yeah, because we're obsessed with We're obsessed with boundaries <laughs> and the continuing pursuit of boundaries, even though they are impossible. They're really hard. This so my, hard. I had a therapy session. She was like, we need to talk about your boundaries. I actually said, what does the word boundary mean? <laughs> That's how bad I, I was seven years ago when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, some days are better than others. Oh my God, 100%. Just building those boundaries one block at a time. I know, but when you get one that's really good and you stick to it, it's so like, wow, this shit really works. Mm. (laughs) It does, it does. But it's really hard and everyone thinks you're a bitch, you know? Do you feel like in the realm of trying to find your power and getting to this point where you found your power and these little building blocks of boundaries, have you kind of overcome a sort of level of self-doubt as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, more, more and more. Yeah, but it's not something that's happened overnight. Mm. And it's still, but it's definitely better. I was 40 in September and I I felt like a big shirking off of, you know, lots of things. Um, and... And I'm hoping to sort of continue with that sort of like, I'm not dealing with that anymore. Yes, babes. But let's see. <laughs> We're like, Monday morning hits. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate the, myself. The self-doubt is so loud right now. I hate myself Monday morning. <laughs> Ugh, uh, yeah. That is the worst. It's Especially the if you've been a horny is. dancer at the weekends. That's yeah, when the self-doubt creeps in. You're like, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's that dropping at the school game. <laughs> I know, so it's, it's hard. Yeah. 
And one fact that I learned when I was researching for this, which kind of really blew my mind, is that you've actually been in the public eye for 25 years. I know, I heard that today. That's a silver jubilee. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Where's the bank holiday? We need it. We need (laughs) it. We need it. We need that day on. Celebrate that silver jubilee. But on that journey for you, what do you think you've learned about success and failure? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What have I learned? Um, Annoyingly, I think you learn more from failure. Which is like such that, a bitch. Which <laughs> is true. such a drag. But that's that. That I think is a is a truth. It's like you grow more through failure. Mm. But um, and success is a relief. Mm-hmm. And there may be sort of fleeting happiness. But um, I think the growth is sort of done more in failure. So um, although I'm not willing failure. Um, I think you need you, you you need a bit of a bit of both to um, sort of uh, be your best self mm. to some extent. I also think my work, even though I love my work, I fucking love what I do. I, it it matters less to me than other things in my life. Mm. And I think the, the, what's helped about being famous as a young person is realizing very quickly how toxic that can be and how it is not um, personally fulfilling in any way. And I've always tried to to be able to do my job but also avoid that part of what I do um, because it's... I've learned as a, as a child that it is, it's just really... It's just, it's just really not good for you. Mm. And finding success outside of what you do as a job is like... I feel that so many people struggle with that. But actually, it's the most rewarding thing of all to try and find that success in other parts of your but life. That takes that takes like years to find, especially nowadays because we're all like, you know, we live to work. Mm. Our society lives to work. Like we fucking love it, or 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 you know, loads of us don't love it. But but we're we're there, sort of achieving and striving and and trying to like be at the top of everything like the pressure is so huge mm. and it's like completely unnecessary do you feel like your relationship with pressure's changed yeah 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 has definitely only around my work <laughs> in life it's quite different but it's shows because you are able to put out shows mm. that like you want to put out yeah. stories you want to tell yeah and that kind of pressure like you know when you was talking about being a child star till now it's completely different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I do feel so... When I think back to that child, especially now that my son is 14, and I just see how young 14 is, it's just, like, I just... It's, sort of, it's shocking to me, really. Mm-hmm. And thinking about where I am now is... Um, yeah, I don't... I'm a completely... I feel like a completely different person. I mean, it's sort of an unremarkable thing to say. And obviously, there are things about my personality that will always be there. But um, I could be a lot kinder to myself now than I was at that age. Mm. Oh, so hard, 14. I'm just watching my son go through it now. It's a lot. Oh, 14 was hell. <laughs> it was not a good vibe for me. You know, when you, just, when you suddenly become self-aware. Mm. It's brutal. Con- yeah. If you could go back now to that you that was going to start that 25-year journey <laughs> yeah. in the public eye, yeah. what would you want to say to her now if you were sat across from her? Calm down. Go home. We don't need to do this right now. Do you want a hug? Yeah. <laughs> Just, um, I would put the brakes on doing 
all of that as quickly as I felt compelled to, yeah. Mm. What do you think she'd say to you? <laughs> um, I don't know, like, um, stop being such a Debbie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It wish you would. Yeah. It's so boring to hear someone say, no, don't do that. Yeah. Think about yourself. At 14, you're like, ah, <laughs> I want part of everything. Yeah. It's just a rite of passage. Yeah. And it all makes up the rich tapestry. Of life. That makes you the person you are today. So that's what you've got to focus on sometimes. You do. It? You do. And forgive your younger self instead of beating up your younger self all give the time. Give yourself a little, give you, what is it, inner child? Yeah. Give that, child child. Give that in a yeah. child a little rub down yeah. on the arms. Yeah, but it's kind of like that. You always, I feel like I'm always doing stuff for my younger self. I'm yeah, like but that's a really good practice. Yeah, that's really, really good. It's really fucking hard to do that. It's, it's so cringe. Difficult. It's really cringe <laughs> yeah. at first. It's like, ooh, like no. And then it's then you find compassion, hmm. and then it's really, really helpful when you're in. Um, like a moment of sort of trauma or turmoil or even just daily stress, um, working out where your sort of reactions are coming from and which part of your, you know, which child you're sort of trying to soothe. Mm. you done that, all that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Soothing that inner child. So we always end on this question. And that question. You and I or you, the no, show? the show. All oh, right. <laughs> We haven't actually done this We haven't had enough time together in life. Never enough, babes. But we always end on this question. That question always is, in the reign of your life, what's the one rule you'll always live by? (sighs) Gosh, that's really hard. In the reign of my life, what's the rule I'll always live by? Sorry means change. (laughs) What does that mean? I know. You can't just say sorry all the time. Yeah. Because you can't just repeatedly do the same bad thing and say sorry because that is abusive, basically. Sorry means you're not going to do it from this point on. Oh, I love that. Sorry means change. That's a great one. Yeah. Very powerful. Feelings aren't facts. What? What? <laughs> my mind therapist told me. with Billy Piper. <laughs> my therapist told me feelings aren't facts. My fucking hair blew apart. I said, like, I thought all facts were based on feelings yeah. but when you sort of boil that down it's 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 not actually true mm. the truth is the truth if no one believes it a lie is a lie if, even if everyone believes it Ooh. that's good for the kids <laughs> you know for the kids it doesn't quite it have home. the ring to it as <laughs> sorry it means change yeah <laughs> can't really fit that one on the cushion it's more of an essay <laughs> no, I, know. I, mean. I know I know exactly well, babe, I've loved talking to you today. Thank you. You're the best. The You're show's the, the best. best. Just keep it coming. I will. <laughs> so good. Thank, Thank you, babe. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time. Thank you.